Good evening, America. For all of those who are listening right now under the sound of my voice, this may be the most important podcast that Freedom Declassified has ever conquered. America, we are at war. Yes, it's a cold war, but we are at war. The left and the intelligence community as we know it are doing everything they can to remove a duly elected president for a crime that he did not or has not committed. hell are you talking about it's about the constitution i absolutely have no idea what you just said listen to what i'm saying they want everything walk away man Hey everybody, welcome to another brand new episode of Freedom Declassified. This one is probably going to go below the belt. We are in an all-out war in Washington, D.C., but before we get to it, and we're going to get right to it tonight, our program is going to be a little bit different. We want to welcome in Needham. What's happening, buddy? What are you doing? How's things going? It's going good. I do not have coffee tonight. I skipped the coffee so we could get right to the meat of this program. And the meat it is. There are things going on in our country that we ought to be ashamed of as a country. The United States was not built like this. The Constitution was not built like this. This is an absolute referendum on the republic of which we stand on. So with that being said, we're skipping every segment tonight except going into the fire segment. And it starts now. Fire! 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 So in the fire segment tonight, the Trump impeachment, the whistleblower, Congress, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi... I could name a thousand different things, but, but before we even get started on any of that, Needham, I want to defer to you. I want you to tell me what you think is going on. Um, let's don't give away the whole show. We're going to take this, ladies and gentlemen, bit by bit, square by square, number by number, line by line. We won't leave out anything, and we definitely are not going to leave out anybody. So... Needham, let, let, let's talk about and bring to uh, bring up to date the people who are listening that may not even understand what's really going on in D.C. I mean, it is an absolute jungle right uh, right now. It's so much stuff is coming up hour after hour, day after day, week after week on um, pretty much the ongoing coup that has been happening for, for call it three years now, on the sitting president, Donald J. Trump. Whether it is Adam Schiff absolutely just 
reading a falsely, a blatantly false memo in front of Congress for the record and calling it essentially what what the president said during the phone call to Nancy Pelosi opening up article impeachments and and telling reporters that it doesn't matter. So it's there's there's lots of different angles to talk about tonight and I basically have five theories on how this article impeachment hearing and the impeachment process is going to go down. And through those five, there's a little bit of something for everyone, whether it's a liberal conservative um, down the middle or even maybe a slight conspiratorial type mind. So it's going to be a fun program. That is indeed what it's I, – I don't know if, if, if fun is what we would call it, but I will say this will be a very active program, and uh, America, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to realize that Adam and Needham, we don't uh, basically come unprepared. Um, the sources that we have, the information that we have is not something – um, that we've just pulled out of the New York Times. This is real-life events that's going on right now as they try to destroy not only uh, a man's life, but they, they try to basically just erase the 63 million-plus Americans that voted for Donald Trump in 2016, period. End of story. Needham, let's start with your first theory. Now, for those of you who are listening, uh, we're going to go back and forth here. Uh, I've got some points that I want to make. Needham's got some points. We're going to try not to confuse you, so we're going to go relatively slow and make sure that we are explaining each of our points at wit's end so that you can kind of follow along uh, via timeline or via subject line. So, Needham, let's get started. What do you got? Yeah, before we do that, I want you to set it up and um, and give the listener a brief background on on where this stems from and what they're actually bringing to the floor for articles of PBS. Why are they doing it and what's happened to cause it? And then we're going to get okay. into theory number one. Okay, all right. So here, here, here's here's what's happened, basically. Ever since Trump has been elected – um, the Democrats, even before, I mean, you got to think about this. All major media outlets, uh, the fake news media or the hashtag MSM, as the Twitter world calls them, they have been out to get Trump. Now, in the beginning, during the 2015 uh, and 2000, excuse me, 16 uh, primaries, nobody believed Trump had a chance, so they really weren't worried about Trump. But they were putting their focus on Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio uh, and, and John Kasich. Um, all of those just went by the wayside. And America had finally, at the end of eight years of Obama, they finally had enough. Now, I, I did a little bit of research on this, and, and just to kind of give the viewer a little bit of information, Mitt Romney who ran in 2012 and narrowly 
lost to Barack Obama, should have won that election. But you know what I figured out, Needham? I figured out America was actually smarter than the mainstream media thought. They didn't elect Mitt Romney because they knew Mitt Romney was an insider. They knew Mitt Romney was a globalist. Now look and watch how this plays out. Sure. Mitt Romney does not get reelect or does not get elected over Barack Obama in 2012. He loses narrowly. As a matter of fact, he was winning in the polls going into the last debate, and he just flubbed it. They don't elect Mitt Romney. They reelect Barack Obama, which sets the stage of what's happening right now. Barack Obama had a vice president, obviously Joe Biden, who by most people's understanding throughout his congressional career was an esteemed congressman and senator. Nobody ever asked any questions. There was no reason to. Even while he was vice president of the United States, him and Barack Obama, most people don't understand this, they disagreed on, on the night that, that uh, Obama ordered the raid, to his credit, uh, for Osama bin Laden. Barack Obama basically, basically said, I want to go get him. Joe Biden said no in the Situation Room. The question then was turned to then Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, and she said, I'd go kill him. And Obama ordered the hit. So Biden really has not had his feet wet. He's ran for president, I think, a half a dozen times, or it seems like he runs every four years uh, when Obama's not running. Um, but he, he was part of the, uh, the big Clarence Thomas issue in, in the Supreme Court. Um, so other than that, he's just kind of been an um, in-line Democrat. But he did have a record of reaching across the aisle. But he's got a record of a lot of things that we're learning about lately. Sure. So, But today, late September. A late September, yeah, this is what I'm early October. Right now, this is what I'm getting to right now. So with all this record that we have of him, he's now announced that he's running for president of the United States, which we all know. He's considered the front runner, even though he's, he's behind in nearly every single poll but about three. And if you don't know anything about presidential politics, there's probably a thousand polls you can go out there and look at. But when I'm talking about polls, I'm talking about statewide polls. He's... He's in third in California, which don't mean anything right now. But in Iowa and in New Hampshire, he's in a dead heat with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. So now, fast forward. He's not vice president anymore. He's running for president of the United States. Less than a week ago, The Department of National Intelligence sent documents to the DOJ, the FBI, and the House Intelligence Committee, basically saying that there was a whistleblower that was accusing President Donald Trump of a phone call held with the Ukrainian president of a quid pro quo 
which is basically Latin for pay to play, to help him rig the 2020 election by going after Joe Biden and his son Hunter. His son Hunter was involved in an organization, an energy organization in Ukraine, and was being paid $50,000, and there's, this is speculation, uh, some say 50000 a week, some say 50000 a month. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. The reason I'm not reporting it as being true is because I don't know if it was 50000 a week or 50000 a month. All we know is that Hunter Biden was on the board of directors, and his father got him there. Also, his father, he flew with his father on Air Force Two to China and came back with a $1.5 billion energy deal for the same company. Now, before you take off, I want to let everybody know something. Remember when I mentioned Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney's senior staffers, one of his senior staffers, sat on the exact same energy board in Ukraine at the exact same time as Hunter Biden. Now, that's not going to mean much to you, the listener, right now, but later on in the show, I'm going to bring this all back around. So here's what's happened. The Democrats have jumped on this. This whistleblower said that he had information of a phone call that took place between President Trump and a quid pro, quid pro quo with the president of Ukraine to investigate a political rival, a.k.a. Joe Biden, to find out what his son, Hunter Biden, and Joe was up to, that there were a lot of people that wanted to know. Now, this transcript, this whistleblower's transcript has been made public. It's not so, you, you can find it on the Internet and read it. It's not something that's in a vault somewhere locked up at all. You can read it. As a matter of fact, not only can you read the whistleblower's complaint, but you can see the original article that was given from the Department of National Intelligence. For those of you who don't know what that means, that's the organization that oversees every single intelligence agency in the United States. Period. This was given, this complaint and these documents were given to the House Intelligence Committee Chairman, Adam Schiff from California, on August the 12th. And so now the House has conveniently basically said they're going to put together articles of impeachment because they think that Donald Trump has performed quid pro quo again, this time not with Russia, which was found out to be completely false, completely uh, humongous lie. Everything was completely debunked, denounced, everything. All the Democrats on the Hill look like a bunch of idiots. And right now what they're trying to do is impeach Trump. Nancy Pelosi has come out with a, with a, um, with a statement on her own basically saying that the House – is investigating Donald Trump and this phone call with the presidential 
uh, the the uh, president, excuse me, of Ukraine, and that they are looking into impeachment, articles of impeachment, and it all starts at the House Intelligence Committee ran by Adam Schiff. So if you put all that in a nutshell, basically the Democrats have got a whistleblower that says he heard a conversation, or excuse me, that says he had knowledge of a conversation between President Trump and the president of Ukraine about a quid pro quo investigation, criminal investigation, of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in the Ukraine. And now the Democrats are saying this is absolutely immoral for a president to have a conversation with another country's president of this magnitude, and so they're leading with articles of impeachment. Now, before you get started, Needham, on your theories, uh, Friday was the last day of Congress for two weeks. So there's nobody in Congress for two weeks. There's no committee hearings. There is no nothing. Two weeks, Congress is out. And and today is Monday, uh, so Friday was their last day, and so I don't know what's going to go from there, but your theory. Well, I think it's first very, very important to make the distinction between what Joe Biden did and what President Trump has done. Um, we've... We've read parts, it went back to our last podcast, we had read parts of the transcript. You can Google Trump Ukrainian transcript, it'll pop up, it's five pages. Actually, there's a couple of different versions out there. Some of the left-leaning sites have got a version that's not necessarily, <laughs> you know, matching up with other versions out there. Now, I have used the the Fox News version, and the reason I've done that... that and and it, it, real quick, let me be clear. That is the ICIB, which is the... With that version that you're reading, it, 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 so that people understand before you go any further, is that is the... In, that's the etern, internal general or inspector general's report. Inspector general of the intelligence community... That's his copy. So the Inspector General has the real copy. Yeah, and I don't use the Fox News um, piece because it's partisan. I use the Fox News piece because it's a literal scan of the paper, and it says unclassified on it. It says declassified by order of president September 24th. 2019. It's an actual scan of the page, well, of the pages of the report. It's not just a news organization typing. Trump said this. Um, Zelensky said that. I mean, when this is actually a scan of the paper, so I give that more credence than just you know he said, she said kind of a deal, but we need to make the very important distinction between what Joe Biden did and what Trump has done. 
Joe Biden, we played the audio. We have posted the audio and the video on our Facebook page, Freedom to Classify. You can go to Facebook, type in Freedom to Classify the search bar, and our page will, will come up. You can scroll back. Find the audio of Joe Biden saying, I'm not it's giving video. you the billion dollars. It's yeah, video. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he was in an interview on stage with a couple other people, and they were asking him about the situation, and he said, I'm not giving you the billion dollars unless this prosecutor is fired. There's like, you're not the president. You can't say that. He says, try me. Call him. It's all good. I can do what I want, basically what he said. So, But he did say, call him, and you'll find out. I leave in six he was hours. He call guys, President Obama. Right. Uh, you know, I'm leaving in six hours. The prosecutor's got to be fired before I give you this money. So anyways, lo and behold, prosecutor gets fired. Now, the reason that that prosecutor was fired, and it's important to make this distinction, because that prosecutor was already looking into the company that Hunter Biden was working for and the pretenses on how it all happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's so that's absolute, you know, insider trading, criminal, whatever you want to call it, for a U.S. Quid official. Yeah, to um, a U.S. a U.S. official to pressure a foreign government to do something. For personal gain, personal gain meaning that his son worked for that company. His son, by the way, which he started working for that company in in May, I guess it was 2017 maybe, um, or 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah, that he started working for that company in May. But he had got dishonorably discharged, well, administrative discharge, which can cover a whole bunch of things, from the Navy for popping hot on a cocaine test. So that, in a nutshell, is Hunter Biden. So he's not an honorable service member because he's hopped up on cocaine, and he got popped for it and got released from his commission and discharged from the armed services because of cocaine use. Then, you know, that was in February. In May of that year, he goes start making 50 grand a month in the largest Ukrainian um, energy deal in history. With energy company. So, so anyway, so that's what happened. Joe Biden got a used taxpayer funds, very important distinction, taxpayer funds, you and me money, to tell a foreign government that they have to fire someone that's looking into a family member of him for conspiratorial and criminal charges. So fast forward to the Trump phone call. Trump never, you know, said, hey, you got to look into that. Now, granted, this phone call actually opened up with President Zelensky, uh, Zelensky's the new uh, Ukrainian president, Just and correct. yeah, and he said, "You were absolutely right, Mr. President. We did win big, and we worked hard for this. We worked hard, and we worked a lot. But I would like to confess to you that I had an opportunity 
to learn from you. We used quite a few of your skills and knowledge and were able to use it as an example for our elections. And yes, it is true that, that was, we were in a quite unique election. We were, we, we were in a unique situation that we were able to do that to achieve an, a, a unique success. I'm able to tell you the following. The first time you called me to congratulate me, I won my presidential election. And the second time you were now calling me when my party won the parliamentary election. I think we should run more often um, so you can call me more and you can congratulate me more. Well, anyways, he, he goes on to say, he's like, well, yes, to tell you the truth, we are trying to work hard because we wanted to drain the swamp here in our country. We brought in many new people, not the old politicians, not the typical politicians, because we want to have a new format and a new type of government. You are a great teacher for us in that. What President Zelensky's talking about, in my opinion, Needham from Freedom to Classify, is Zelensky won on a wave of populism just like Donald Trump did. He wanted to thank Donald Trump for coining the phrase, drain the swamp, to listening to the citizens of your country, to take heed and take note of what the normal citizen, the normal average American wants to do, because that plays globally. Zelensky is thanking him for that. Zelensky is saying, we are following your lead, Mr. President. We want to drain our own swamp. We want to get rid of our own corruption in the Ukraine. Well, the only time that President Trump mentions Biden or his son or, or any of that is in this paragraph. He said, but there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people wanted to find out about, about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into that, it sounds horrible to me. Now that's 100% fact. The president didn't say, President Trump didn't say anything that, that was out of line, was false, or anywhere near nefarious in that. And that's the only time in the phone call that he... 30-minute, 33-minute phone call that talks about Biden or his son. So I think it's very important to make the distinction that Biden pressured a foreign government to help, for personal gain, his son retain a multi-million dollar gig. What President Trump has done with a foreign government 
is say, hey, congratulations on your new election and your new rise to power, I guess you could call it. Here's a couple of things that we've heard that you might not be aware of. Here's a couple of things that I know a lot of people from your country are talking about. I know that you say that you want to drain the swamp. I know that you say that you are a straight shooter and you want to end the corruption. Well, perhaps some of these things can further your cause. Now, Nancy Pelosi wants to say that Trump is doing this for political gain. I'm sorry, Nancy. Just because it damages you politically doesn't mean that President Trump's doing it for his political gain. You see what I'm saying there? I mean, Trump can say the sky's blue in Ukraine, and the Democrats would literally say, well, obviously it's you know not purely blue, and he's just saying that for political gain. Just because it damages you doesn't mean it helps the president. The president was actually and legitimately trying to help the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky, to get to Ukrainian collusion, uh, Ukrainian, you know, um, corruption and all of that. And keep in mind, America, back in 1999 under Bill Clinton, they literally passed a treaty with the Ukraine that the U.S. Bill Clinton's signature is on it. Yes, Bill Clinton signed it. Joe Biden voted for it. They signed the treaty that that the Ukraine and the U.S., that their two governments can work together, can work together and share information on any perceived or possible government government corruption. No matter who the hell it is. No matter who it is. So that's exactly what President Trump is doing with 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 um, with, with Zelensky, and Evan Zelensky even says says yes, I know that. Zelensky alludes to the fact that he's already been looking into it, and that he's kicked a lot of people out in government. He hasn't. He hasn't brought a lot of the old schoolers, the establishment, the deep state of Ukraine into his administration because he doesn't trust them. So he asked Trump, he's like, oh, yeah, if you have information or you can bring me new light on this that I desperately want to get to the bottom of, if you have any information, I would love to see it. And that's all the phone call was. But, and that's the big distinction, is that Joe Biden pressured the Ukrainian officials for personal gain for his son. President Donald J. Trump spoke to Ukrainian officials on the behalf of the American people to uphold the Constitution and the laws of our republic, politics be damned. And, and I wish. To, wait, 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 just a minute, Needham. Let, let me, let me, let me, um, let me add something to what you're saying because 
you are you are completely absolutely correct but what the democrats are saying that trump did that was illegal that has caused them to come to an impeachment process is they're saying that donald trump withheld 400 million dollars in aid to ukraine unless the president of ukraine investigated hunter and joe biden's dealings in ukraine when in fact that never came up in the phone call read absolutely transcript yeah yeah absolutely false and here is why totally trump is a this is why trump and I'm going to be partisan for a second, and I generally don't do this. Well, I'm, but I'm going to be partisan for this whole damn program. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be partisan for a second, and I'm going to tell you why Trump was absolutely 100% right to withhold that $400 million or whatever it was. Because they were going through an election, That's and right. Trump has... Trump has told the EU, Trump has told Europe, Trump has told, told the UN, Trump has told everybody. You're going to pay if your fair share. If you're not kicking in, we're not helping you anymore. If we can't right. depend on you to be a full ally, we're not giving you foreign aid anymore. You you either love us and you're on board with us, or we're cutting off the money. Donald J. Trump, I applaud you as a taxpayer for doing so. So absolutely, absolutely. So so knowing that they were going through elections in the Ukraine, and at the time, no one really knew who was going to win. No one really knew that if that new government could be trusted or not. So there is no sense, so there is no sense giving $400 million in foreign aid, and I believe it was um, military aid. That's what it was, $440 million in military aid. Yeah, but there's absolutely given... No reason to give $400 million of military hardware and military aid to a country you cannot trust. Now, that is an America's kitchen table. Take it to your spouse and talk about it over dinner tonight. Would you give your next-door neighbor, or much less a person in in the town 50 miles from you, $400 if you couldn't trust them? Hell, no, you wouldn't give them $400. I wouldn't give them $3. Yeah, so so that is why Donald J. Trump is absolutely right. If he was withholding the, um, the money, it's just like during the Arab Spring, right? What Obama should have done was withhold all funding to Libya and Egypt and all of those countries until you know who, who's going to have power because you don't want rogue states to be getting American money. That's a simple, simple decision in my mind. And I don't know why the Democrats can't get their head wrapped around that, but I guess they can't because it's simple and it's a black and white yes and no answer.
It's just like China. We're not going to give China any money until they come to the table. We're never going to give Iran any money until they knock their shit off. We're not going to give, you know, any number of countries any more money until, until they get their own crap straight. So all of this is just a big, big farce. But the main idea is, is that I want people to understand the distinction between what Biden did and what Donald Trump did. One was for personal gain to make millions of dollars in backroom deals. The other was to uncover corruption by upholding your oath of office of President of the United States, which says, I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and I will, to my best ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And if anybody can make a salient and, and rational argument on how the transcript does not describe the oath of office, I'll give you $100. And that $100 is well, well safe in my pocket. But anyways, but so you know we go through all this whole thing now. Now, let, now, before you, we, we go through all this. I mean, I and I know that this podcast. We told you in the beginning, this podcast will probably be one of the most important ones we've ever done at Freedom Declassified, leading into 2020. There's so much that Freedom Declassified and Adam and Needham are doing. You want to continue to follow our Facebook page. I'm not trying to be a pundit right now. I'm just saying you want to, you want to follow our brand spanking new Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash freedom declassified. Be, and, and go like it because every day we're posting something new there. But here's what I want after – and what you said, Needham, is correct. But here's why Donald Trump had this conversation with Zelensky. If you remember in the last four years of Obama, what happened? Russia come and took Crimea from the Ukraine. And the Ukraine held a special election. And guess who won? A guy who was literally in the back pocket of Vladimir Putin. That's right. So why in the hell, if a president who took advantage of Russia during 2016 have a conversation in 2018 uh, uh, or 19 with a president of Ukraine who defeated the former president of Ukraine who took power as Vladimir Putin? You see what I'm getting at here? Two and Listen, I know that I was born in Arkansas, and I know that I probably am not the most intelligent mother humper on the face of the damn planet, and I probably couldn't tell you what pi square times 12 is, but here's what I can tell you, is that if President Donald Trump was in cahoots with Vladimir Putin, he sure as hell would not have called and congratulated a new anti-corruption, anti-Russia, anti-Russia 
president in Zelensky in this transcript. But, oh, but this was all done under Obama's administration. And so, it's 118, and also, by the you, way. Right, right. So, I mean, and, 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 and then here, here, when you say Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, and we've played the audio over and over again right now. So you hear Hunter Biden, or excuse me, Joe Biden, talk about the quid pro quo. He, he basically brags. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. Uh, if you don't get rid of this uh, prosecutor, I'm leaving in six hours. You're not going to get your billion dollars. Uh, well, son of a bitch, uh, is exactly what he said. You heard it right here. On Freedom Declassified, they fired the prosecutor. Then he touches the guy next to him at the Foreign Council Relations Committee. The Foreign Council, excuse me, the Foreign Council Relations. um, I guess it would be a a, a event. He touches the guy to the left of him. Joe Biden does, and says. Then they hired somebody who could do the job. If that is not quid pro quo, then, man, I have I, – I need to become a gambler for full time because what Biden did right then was say, hey, I'm leaving in six hours. You ain't getting jack squat unless you fire the guy who's investigating my son and his company – because I know for a fact, because he's been basically dishonorably discharged, because he has a snorting cocaine problem, yeah. I'm going to get out of here. And they fired the prosecutor. Who was the president of Ukraine then? He was a pro-Russian Vladimir Putin president of Ukraine who supported the annex of Crimea. And then all of a sudden, the Ukraine people rose up, just like the American people did in 2016, and elected Donald Trump as president of the United States, not only to lead this country, but to drain the damn swamp. And that's exactly what he's doing. That's why Nancy Pelosi's pissed. That's why Adam Schiff is pissed. That's why Jerry Nedler is pissed. That's why Joe Biden is pissed. That's why Kamala Harris is pissed. Hey, let me ask you this question, listener. When's the last time you ever heard of President Obama endorsing his former vice president? I'll wait. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you why they're doing it, and I'll tell you why they have done it. And I'm sorry, Neil, but I mean, I just thought it's mine. Well, no, well, no, is is that it's always been the Democrats colluding with Russia, not the Republicans. Absolutely. Uh, The Democrats have always been in bed with Russia in the backdoor deals in the back room, cigar-filled smoke, all of that, because the Democrats, their plan has always been socialism and ultimate power. That's what it's always been. They don't care about you, America. You are peasants. You are, you are a serf to the Democrat Party. But with all of that being said... Let me make one point real quick before you go, yeah. before you go any further. And I, and I know, and again, 
we're we're on no time limit uh, on this one because this is a big deal. And, I, and if you're if you are driving down the highway, or you're sitting at home, or you're listening to this on your on your iPhone or on your Android device, no matter what it may be, it's Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Breaker, and 13 other platforms. I want you to know we're not wasting your time, but you just made a great point, Needham, about the Democrats are the ones who've always been in collusion with Russia. Let me make my intelligence. Now, Now, before you go in, as, as America understands it right now, there are, uh, uh, there are articles, not, not necessarily articles, but the – House Intelligence Committee and the House Judiciary Committee uh, ran by House Judi- Judiciary Committee ran by uh, Nad- Nadler, and then the House Intelligence Committee ran by Representative Adam Schiff. They are putting together an inquiry of impeachment. There is a, a very distinctive difference between articles of impeachment or an inquiry. An articles of impeachment means that the committee voted in, a, in, in the committee. They voted to impeach and bring to the floor articles to the Speaker of the House to bring to the floor a vote to impeach a sitting president. An inquiry is basically – now listen to me, America – is basically a bunch of hearings just like they did on Russia. But it's so distinctive because Needham said something that is so true that Democrats, and I'm going to say this name and you're going to hear it a lot tonight from me, that Democrats have been in board with the Russians from the beginning. Remember the Cold War in America when Reagan was president in the 80s? Yeah. Guess who voted for a communist president, for a communist party running for president of the United States during the Cold let War. Me, let me guess. <laughs> John Mother Fucking Brennan. Hey, and don't forget, Ted Kennedy called the Kremlin and said, "Hey, you got to." Well, he called him in '84 and said, yeah, "Hey, you got to help us stop he's this." He's dead. He's dead. He can't. He doesn't have anything to do with what's going on right now. John Brennan in eighty five, eighty four, eighty five was a part of the Communist Party. Actually, he was a part of the Communist Party all the way until nineteen ninety one, and listed as that, and sure. got a job in the intelligence community. Now, you tell me, Needham, how in the hell – and I'm sorry for, for MF – I apologize for my language, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, Needham, this subject – and we haven't even dived into it yet, but you're going to hear this name tonight quite a bit because I've been waiting on this moment to circle the horses and bring that wagon around and slap the chains on that horse, and tonight I'm going to do it. <laughs> so with that, so uh, so so with that being said, I yield <laughs> as 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 the whack jobs in Congress. I yield my time. So my question to you, Needham, is this: 
what is your theory on why – okay, so we know that they are – they haven't voted on any kind of articles. What they're doing right, right now is just an impeachment uh, inquiry. Uh, uh, so what is your theory – what is – now, before all this happened, Pelosi was totally against impeachment. She even came right. out and said, this would damage our country, and she was right. right. And if you go back several podcasts ago, Needham – in our episodes, we even gave her credit. Yeah, sure. We gave her credit um, for saying, you know what, we need to back out. But here's my thing. She went from, I'm not going to listen to AOC, to now I'm going to listen to AOC plus three, and Nadler, and Adam Schiff. Why do you think... Pelosi's involved, and do you think, per se, that this will ever see a vote in the House? And I, I, I'm giving you – I'm not going to say a damn word because I'm, I'm waiting on my I think, um I think something's definitely shifted, and I think um, we're going to talk about that more in Theory 3. But, but the first theory I want to talk about is that it's never going to go to a House floor vote, that this is absolutely just a dog and pony show to um, appease the base and, and to appease the AOCs and the Talibs and the Omars and all of this junk, right? And I have okay. to give a shout-out here, and I have to give credit um, to my mother who listens to the show. Uh, when, when Pelosi hey, gave her, her name, speech, by the way, uh, and yeah, we probably don't want to say that. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say just that. for you know, just for privacy reasons. But yeah, it's a unique yeah. name, and one day we might get into that. But but my mom said on the day where Pelosi had gave the big dog, dog and pony in front of the. In, well, in front of the cameras saying that they had to, you know, uphold the constitutional power that Congress was given. And she said, what's happened is that Pelosi has got some new Botox, and she just wanted to get in front of the cameras to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom. If you're listening, I wanted, well, I wanted, to, well, I wanted to give you that shout-out here on the program. And... <laughs> And I could give a lot of credence to that theory because politically, I don't know, just talking pure politically here, which you can speak to this much more than I can, but I don't see how, unless if a deal has been cut, and we're going to talk about that later, that bringing it to bringing it to a floor vote for the Democrats is going to serve them to the general public. Now, it'll serve their base, no doubt. But the left's base, a lot like the right's base, they're moving more and more to the fringes. And, you know, the middle is becoming bigger and bigger. So any impeachment vote is going to just embolden the fringe left base but they're going to lose a lot of independents. They're going to lose a lot of independents that have gotten a better job, that 
that have seen their economic situation get better, that they've seen interest rates go lower, and this, that, and the other, all of which I do agree with, some and some I don't, but just politically with the Democrats, I, do, I think they're just doing this as a big three-ring circus, a dog and pony show, and they're never going to bring it to a vote. And, and the number one piece of evidence in my mind that brings this theory um, true validation is that they brought up the inquiry of impeachment three days before they left on recess. If this was yeah. the number one pressing issue in the House urgent of Representatives, the not inner urgent. city crime, not not um, not America's educational system, not the trade deficit across the world, but if impeaching the president is the number one issue that the House of Representatives has to take up, then why the hell are you leaving for two weeks? Unless if in two weeks you're going to come back into session and say, well, you know, um, and when they're going to blame it on Republicans, they're going, well, they're just obstructing us. We can't get it done, but we all know. See, that's what oh, uh, uh, the Democrats are the ultimate narcissist. Whether whether you've known a narcissist in your life, or you've dated one, or you're or or you've been married to one or you've had, you know, just a relationship with a narcissist, you know what a narcissist does. And that's they take the situation in anything that they're not good enough to handle on their own, any failure in their life just because they don't have the chops to achieve it themselves, they're going to blame on others. And I think... And I think that, I and I don't necessarily, yeah, I mean, I, well, I necessarily don't believe this theory, but I can argue the theory that the Democrats are never going to bring it to a floor vote for the sole reason to where they can pivot back and continue false narratives and continue right. to blame Republicans for something that they're not doing. What do you think? Well, I'm glad you asked me that because it's in very, it's a, it's important on a poli- and, and I know that I, I I guess I I I don't necessarily take pride that I'm the political guy here um, on, on the show um, because I look at it at I, I kind of split myself in half. I look at reality, but I also look at reality of what is going to get done, and nothing gets done unless it's done politically in America right now. Right now, we are in the first. Um, we're in the first, basically, aspect of our trial period of the Donald Trump era. You know what I'm saying? So it's, sure. it's not like that. We're in a place to where um, we can have any kind of say so based on facts because we ain't got anything but two and a half, but three years of a non you know, a non-politician, so to speak, that's held the White House. And he's, pr- he's done a pretty damn good job. Do we agree on every cotton-picking thing that he's done? 
uh, and I'm talking about all of America? Probably not. But this is what America needed, a non-politician that was not going to be, that was rich enough that was not going to be ran by outside money. And what I mean by outside money is lobbying groups and or foreign countries. But when you bring up Pelosi, this is kind of interesting here because it's almost like the Democrats work backwards instead of forwards. And I've been a part of six campaigns, so I'm not saying that I'm the greatest media campaign advisor or an advisor to in a campaign, but if I was going to launch an impeachment inquiry, I would do it when I got back from recess, not when I was going to recess. True. And here is why. Because if you watch any of the Adam Schiff hearings, and we could even go back a week and a half before that when uh, Representative Nadler held uh, Corey Lewandowski uh, almost in contempt over the Mueller report. Again, remember, this was Russia all over again, and uh, Lewandowski, who's running for uh, Senate in New Hampshire, I believe, and was the campaign chairman – to then campaign to to then the campaign of Donald Trump. He made him look like a fool, and all Democrats looked like a fool. The Twitter world universe was on fire. Facebook was on fire. Did anybody watch the Nadler hearing? and And the hashtag that was trending was Nadler Circus. So the Democrats look stupid. And you know as a Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi had to be infuriated. But you know what? She turned to the wrong person. She turned to the wrong person because then she went to chairman of the Intelligence Committee and basically said, I guarantee you, behind closed doors, you have got to fix this. The problem is Adam Schiff for the last three years has been on national television saying that he has seen intelligence that nobody else has, that Donald Trump, him and and, uh, Swalwell uh, from California, who's who's he's about as good as uh, three tits on a boar hog, Um, he's he's redundant in everything he says, but... Adam Schiff, for the last three years, I've got intelligence that I've seen that President Trump is a Russian agent, undercover. Really? Are we going there? I mean, this is comic book stuff. Really? Right. But Nancy Pelosi was in a desperate spot because as the House Speaker, you hold no chairmanship over the two most important committees in the House, which is the Judiciary Committee and the Intelligence Committee. So what could they do? What could they do 
that would make something stick because, I mean, President Donald Trump has been like Teflon Don back in the late 80s and early 90s. Everything that you tried to, to, to make stick to him, it just bounced off. It bounced off. Democrats are looking foolish. The polls weren't looking good, which, by the way, nobody out there who's listening should believe a poll in the first place because the, I've never in my entire life since I've been eight, old enough to vote, and I'm 40, I don't know, Needham, have you ever been called by a, by a, a, uh, a pollster? Maybe in a state race once. But I'm talking about but, for like President uh, of the United States. Uh, but, uh, but never on a national level. Okay, uh, so, I mean, here's two guys on, 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 on a podcast that, that have a combined of probably 35-plus years of, of voting. We've never been called ever, uh, other than maybe a state race, um, for a presidential election for a poll. So do they keep calling the 1,598 same people that they put? And I love how they put the numbers, 1,598 or right. 1,472. It's not ever yeah, it's always, an even number. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, I mean, always it's, some it's weird not like we call 1,600 yeah. people. Yeah, it's always some weird right. number. So my point to your, your theory is Nancy Pelosi, I believe – now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a little bit – and this is the politician inside of me. I'm going to give her a little bit of credit. Because think about this. Four weeks ago, she was being pressured by the extreme left. AOC plus three, Adam Schiff, Representative Nadler, Representative Caldwell, Representative uh, Kamala Harris, or Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Cory Booker. Pressured, pressure, pressure, impeachment, 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 knowing that just in our last podcast, I directed to you uh, to 1998, where she talked about impeachment being a hindrance and a diversion to this country, and it never helped any party. So here's my theory to your theory, Needham. I think she knew that two-week fall recess was coming up, 14 days without anybody being in Congress. And I think she said, okay, boys, girls, if you're just hell-bent, then I'm going to get out there and say something, but then we're going to go on a fall break in two weeks. And I would almost bet you that the news narrative would have changed if it would have been any other president. But because it's Donald J. Trump, he is calling the bluff, like in a poker game, Texas Hold'em. He's looking at Nancy Pelosi. He's looking at, it, at Representative Schiff. He's looking at Representative Nadler, and he's saying, if you want to impeach me for a crime that I did not commit, then go right ahead. What do I think is going to happen after the two-week recess? I have no idea, but I can tell you this. If impeachment does not come to the House floor by January 1st, 
then your far leftists like AOC, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Adam Schiff, Representative Nadler, they're going to be out on an island by themselves fighting the most powerful president that we have had in the 20 or 21st century. Yeah, I think the um, I think the drop dead date for all of this, and I want to make sure that the audience understands too that I'm kind of going to argue both sides of these theories tonight. It's not necessarily my personal belief. Um, I'll let you know when it's my personal belief. Um, oh, there's some feedback. Um, but. I think the drop-dead date on this um, whole proceeding is probably before they leave for the um, Thanksgiving holiday break, uh, the uh, with the Christmas break, you know, there in late November, right. early right. early December. If it hasn't happened by then, if it's not brought to a vote by the Thanksgiving break into Christmas break leading into the new year, I think they're either going to sit on it until next summer, which if they do that, then it would be political suicide because by that time, by this time next year, the Democratic primaries would have been over. And we will know who is the rival to President Trump. So if it takes them that long, then America is really going to get sick and tired of it. And I think Pelosi's uh, politically savvy enough to say, listen, if we don't have anything that's going to stick like a freaking, you know, like done spaghetti noodles on the side of your kitchen wall, then we just need to blow a hot air balloon up if we can and see if America buys it. I think that's their play. Yeah. I so what that. happens if it does come to a vote, though? What's your theory if Mitch McConnell gets this, Needham? Well, that's, um, that's good news, right? And I think that's what a lot of Democrats don't understand. Because, well, I don't think very many Democrats really think that the Republican-controlled Senate is going to vote to remove Donald Trump. But this is now, a good thing for Republicans out there that are saying that they will. Right, and um, that's the next theory. But right now we're going to talk about Mitch McConnell. And let's face it, I've been critical of McConnell several times. He's, a part, he's pretty much a partisan hack. He's a partisan bulldog. He's starch on a staunch on on um, on on party and and political and partisan lines, which is a good thing here because because the Senate has its own own rules on how to govern the what govern the impeachment trial, and right. they can pretty much they can pretty much do whatever they want to because there's no there's no rules saying that the federal rules of evidence or or criminal procedure has to be employed. So so basically, they can ask anybody anything. Now, a lot of Democrats will say, well, you know, 
Judge Roberts, Chief Chief Justice Roberts, is going to preside over it. But that doesn't prevent the um, uh, what the Senate from uh, from making its own rules because. Robert's rules of evidentiary rulings, it it can all be subject to uh, to a Senate vote up or down to uh, to overturn any standing Senate's rules. So it's pretty much a free for all. So so basically, what happens is any time that the Senate wants to overrule the Chief Justice, it's just a simple fifty-one majority. Um, vote, and they can overrule the chief justice, so basically it turns into Mitch McConnell, not Chief Justice Roberts, presiding over, over, over the trial. And why this is important is because see, because, see, McConnell can burn it all down here. He can, since he does have the Republican majority, he can... Um, he can call Joe and Hunter Biden to testify about their Ukrainian activities under oath, under penalty of and perjury. Can, and he can call the whistleblower uh, to testify uh, under uh, oath. Well, absolutely. I mean, they, uh, they could look into any of that Ukrainian government pressure and um, really whip the whole Republican base into a frenzy because, because you know there's one thing that we know about Donald Trump you take him to trial, and it is going to be the nastiest, most public, oh, most aggressive, yeah. most most aggressive, um, and public defense that has ever been mounted in the history of of law and order. It, it's just, I but but uh, but another thing is, is see. Uh, the Senate doesn't have to operate under hearsay law, right? So basically, they can um, call up Mike, Mike Pompeo, right, Secretary of State, and say, "Hey, did the president?" Uh, by the way, who's te- that's the first uh, uh, Mike Pompeo has been subpoenaed to be the first um, um, person testifying in front of Adam Schiff's committee as soon as they come back from recess. Gotcha. So, um, so, so since none of this follows and goes along like a normal criminal trial, McConnell can call anybody and everybody. He can call Pompeo and say, hey, did the president ever tell you that any aid to the Ukraine or anything of the sort was ever going to be withheld? Unless if they investigated Joe Biden, naturally Mike Pompeo is going to um, say no. President never said that. Chief Justice Roberts going to throw up a red flag and say that's hearsay. Um, Mitch McConnell is going to take a. Hang on, and after Chief Justice does that. Mitch McConnell is going to hold a vote, and 51 senators are going to say, no, that's not hearsay. We will allow it. So, so Mitch McConnell can, uh, can open the door to parade anybody he wants to 
that were anybody who will deny that the president ever said anything like that, all under oath in the Senate, and the whole thing gets blown to bits. However, Joe Biden, his son, any Democrat that had anything to do with Russia, the, with the, with the Ukraine, or um, any of that can be called to burn the whole Democrat Party down if Mitch McConnell chooses to because it's the Democrats that are levying the charge that this, that, and the other was said, and that's the whole exculpatory evidence that Mitch McConnell brings to the table. It's very dangerous for the Democrats. What do you say? Well, I actually... uh, Man, this is kind of a crazy show, but I, I actually believe, I agree and believe everything you just said. The, the worst nightmare for the Democrats is for impeachment to go to the Senate because Mitch McConnell can call any witness he wants to. Now, there, and, and I'm, I didn't, I'm sorry that I was trying to interrupt you there when you were talking about the word hearsay. So let's, let's explain how all this got started. We know that the whistleblower in this whole Ukraine deal is a CIA agent, okay? We know it's a CIA agent that was assigned to the White House. We also know that the entire claim or the complaint was was basically written on behalf of the whistleblower if you and, and you would have to, to, when you see the complaint um from the whistleblower if you look at it you and you have any dealings at all with a, in an attorney you know it was written by an attorney there is no way that yeah. a whistleblower of a CIA agent or a CIA agent a whistleblower period could ever put together a complaint like that unless you're an attorney. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I, I've dealt with attorneys all my life, and I'm telling you right now, there's no way a, 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 even a CIA agent could fake a complaint or a, or a paper like that without it being written by an attorney. I want to know who his – I want to know who wrote the complaint. Was it the whistleblower? Was it the person who is responsible for all of this garbage that's going against – do you know – and what you said a while ago, and I want to just touch on this before I lead to my next point, is you know how much stuff that could be getting done right now in America? Do you realize that we could be getting gangs off the street of New, of, uh, New York and Chicago, Afghanistan of the United States? We could be getting Baltimore straightened up. Notice that what is not in the headlines – just three weeks ago, in the crosshairs of the Department of Justice, uh, uh, w- William Barr himself, in his crosshairs, was McC- Andrew McCabe, Jim Comey, uh, James Clapper, uh, Brennan. All of these people was in his crosshairs over Russia collusion. And all of a sudden, an IG report was about to break over the falsified the. Listen, America, if this does not piss you off like it pisses me off, in less than two weeks, there will be a report 
over falsified FISA warrants. What is a FISA warrant? It's a secret court to where an FBI agent or a director can go into a courtroom and say that Adam and Needham are talking crap about me, and we need a secret FISA warrant to bug their podcast. And without me and Needham even knowing it, we could be bugged, and there could be a warrant issued with us continuing our normal day life, which means it's a secret investigation. So in the crosshairs is James Comey, Andrew McCabe, John Brennan, James Clapper, all of these Obama appointees, all of them happen to be, you know, they just happen to be sensitive to the communist movement. So we know the whistleblower is a CIA agent assigned to the White House. Guess who recruited this person, he or she? We don't know he or she yet. And, and I know there's a lot of reports out there on Facebook that it's a woman, and I've seen Twitter go up in flames about we don't know, there, we cannot report that yet. There is nothing out there. We don't know who the whistleblower is. But guess what we do know? This CIA agent was recruited under the Obama administration. Need him? You want to tell him by who? John Brennan. Okay, thank you. So we have a whistleblower who is a CIA agent, a CIA, a CIA, a current CIA analyst and agent that was recruited by John Brennan. Now, just yesterday, John Brennan produced a tweet that basically said, if you are in the intel, and this is a tweet. If you are in the intelligence community and you – there is – excuse me, there is no limit to how many whistleblowers can, can, can come forward. And here is his words. So if you know of anything divisive that Mr. Trump has directed – and or had you a part of, the time for you to come forward is now. This is former CIA director John Asshole Brennan. Keyword now, former. He is now a private citizen, and he's threatening an elected official. He's, a, he's not only threatening elected official, but he's threatening the United States president. Now, 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 here's what's – this just – I mean, you got to understand what, where I'm going with this here. This is the deep state at work, ladies and gentlemen. To go along with Needham's theory, this is the deep state at work. The whistleblower, CIA agent, he, he or she, doesn't matter, I don't even know who it is, but they were recruited by John Brennan. And then all of a sudden, while all this is going on, John Brennan types up a damn tweet that says, and he knew the attention that this was going to get. He knew it. He said, if you're involved in anything divisive as a whistleblower, then you need to come forward now. But here's where I'm going to blow your mind, ladies and gentlemen. Needham, 
just just hold where where I don't hey just hold fasten it right now. All right. The whistleblower rules on if it had to be first-hand or second-hand knowledge changed August 2nd, 2019. Who changed it? Hold on. I'm getting there. The whistleblower, so that there is a definition, if you're listening, to the intelligence community of what it takes to be a whistleblower. In other words, if you're going to come forward with an allegation, we need to make sure that we can affirm your allegation. So we, before August 2nd, it had to be first-hand knowledge. In other words, you had to be in the room. You had to overhear a conversation. You had to actually see it with your own eyes or touch it with your own hands. First-hand knowledge. All of a sudden, all of, all, 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 all of a sudden, in secret, the CIA changes the rule August 2nd that says you no longer have to be first-hand, that it could be second or third-hand. So a week after the Ukrainian phone call. A week after the Ukrainian phone call, the rule changes. Now, let me tell you this. This is where it's getting better. The man, and I say the man, the National uh, um, Department of Intelligence director who testified in front of Adam Schiff just this last, what was it, Thursday or Wednesday? I think it was Thursday or, uh, yeah, Thursday or Wednesday. He was just signed into office on August the 16th. So he had no clue. That's why the Democrats grilled him. He he didn't under he had no clue. If you listen, if you go back and watch the hearing, the Adam Schiff hearing, the Adam full of Schiff hearing, they grilled the ND, uh, the NDI uh, um, top guy, the guy who see oversees the CIA, the NSA, the 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 MMA. The, 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 I'm not just, I'm just saying anything with anyone with an A or an I, he oversees it. But tell me why all of a sudden in secret that the intelligence community, the CIA, changed its whistleblower program on August the 2nd. And this is where it gets really nasty, Needham. This is where it gets really nasty. They change the policy on August 2nd to where it could be now second-hand knowledge or third-hand. You know what that means, Needham? That means that if we're living in their reality, I could go to a prosecutor somewhere in Wisconsin and say that uh, Mr. Needham from Freedom to Classified 
conspired with the Canadian government to bring across uh, elk and deer jerky and sold it for a profit. And because I'm second or third-hand knowledge, that would mean that that court system would have to, by law, bring you in and treat you like a criminal. That means every conspiracy... Every conspiracy theory plays at this point. At this point, every single conspiracy theory in the world plays. There is no accountability. That means any woman can accuse a man second or third-hand knowledge of a rape crime in this country or a beat crime or an assault crime in this country. That means every man can accuse a woman of, of taking him for granted and stealing from him and taking everything that he owns. And a court in this country, if we're going to go by the definition of the DNI, which was written on August 2nd, secretly by the CIA, changed after nearly 40 years of the same policy, then that means nobody in this country is safe from prosecution, and that means the President of the United States. All these people were recruited by one man, John Brennan, when he was, sec- when he was uh, uh, the Central Intelligence Agency Director. All of these people, the, the CIA person in the White House, the spy, who I call it, in the White House, that made up this crazy story was recruited by Brennan. Do you think it was by accident that Brennan went on Twitter the day before yesterday and said, listen, if there's no limit or how many numbers of whistleblowers that can come forward. So if you uh, know of anything, second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, motherfucking knowledge, uh, if your great-great-grandmama that's dead in the grave told you that Donald J. Trump colluded with the Ukrainians, you need to come forward right now. That is what John Brennan is doing. That's what he's done to the intelligence community. And it's not by accident that not even 16 days later, there was a new national director of intelligence that was brought in under the Trump administration. So are you saying I, the new he, national intelligence director is good or bad? He's he, Everybody's trying to pin him as a deep state guy. He is not. He's not. Adam Schiff, if you, if you watch Adam Schiff, now here's – Here's the bigger point, and, I, and, and, and if, if, you, if you was just in the studio with us right now, I'm standing up because this <laughs> shit pisses me off. That he is, America. That he is. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, here's what's even crazier. Do you know when Adam Schiff, the House chairman of the Intelligence Committee, received this complaint? Now, 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 today is Monday. Do you know when, and this is late September, obviously, we're getting ready for the, for the October 1. Uh, I mean, do you know when Adam Schiff received this report, Needham? Adam it early Schiff, to middle August, yeah. He received it on August 12th. 
Why did he not go to the media then? Why did he not bring the committee together then? Why was it not announced in the media then? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Is John Brennan, Adam Schiff, Representative Nadler, and I, you're, America, you may curse me to one end from the other, but I think Nancy Pelosi is in a battle with her own party that she cannot win, and she has already announced herself as running for speaker if the House holds the majority for the next Congress. And I'm telling you right now, she is in a battle she cannot win because the left extremists, the liberals, have taken over the party. In early August, the Central Intelligence Agency, under the new director, changed the law secretly. What most of you don't understand, if you would go back and listen to our George Papadopoulos interview, you will hear me talk about John Brennan in London in 2007, or 2004, 2007 and 2009, a part of a company called TAC. But what George Papadopoulos told us was while all of this stuff during the Russia collusion under in his book, uh, in, his, in his current book that he just wrote that, I mean, is absolutely uh, flying off the walls, Deep State Target, if you, if you read in his book and you heard the conversation that I had with him while he was in London being basically – interrogated by a CIA recruit that happened to be from the Australian government in Andrew Downer in London. Guess who the London station chief was? The current CIA director. So the CIA director on August 12th of this year, they basically changed the rules to where you don't have to have first-hand knowledge to be a whistleblower, and, and here, I'm going to tell you what a whistleblower is. It's somebody who accuses somebody else of doing something wrong. They use this terminology to fuck with your head, but it's somebody who's, who's accusing somebody else of doing something wrong. So August 2nd, they changed this policy. August 12th, 10 days later, here comes this second and third My God, if you ain't listening, here comes the second and third knowledge of a supposed conversation between President Trump and President Zelensky from the Ukraine. And this person has already admitted that they were not there, CIA agent recruited under John Brennan, this person has already been concluded to have political bias, which is known by every senator in the Intelligence Committee and every House member. But you're telling me on August 2nd they changed the rules, the CIA under this director, that it can be second, third, or fourth uh, knowledge. Then all of a sudden on the 12th of August, uh, Adam Schiff, Gets, gets the complaint from the whistleblower. He holds on to it until the end of December to when Nadler looks like an idiot in front of Corey Lewandowski, and they start calling the Democrats a circus that's in Congress. Then he brings it in front of the House Intelligence Committee at the end of September, a whole month and one-half 
later. Now, here's what's even crazier. God, if it could not get any crazier. On August 16th, a new National Director of Intelligence is sworn into office, and two weeks before that, while he was going through confirmation hearing, the same Adam Schiff who applauded him for his service was accusing him in a committee meeting behind closed doors of committing crimes against the United States. Now, damn it, America, wake the hell up. I'm giving you the timeline. And then to put the icing on the cake, the day before yesterday, here's John Brennan getting on his Twitter and saying, there, how the hell would he know if there is no amount of people that could be a whistleblower under a certain situation? And then to use the last paragraph of his tweet, if you're on Twitter, go to John, at John Brennan and look at his tweet. It says in the last paragraph, if you or someone else you know has been used in a diverse manner by – he don't even call him President Trump – by Mr. Trump, the time for you to come forward is now. Well, I'm going to tell you, America, my name is Adam Brassfield, and I'm on Twitter too, and I tweeted right back at him, and I told him to shut the you-know-what up. I told him he was a sorry, low-life SOB. You can go and look at where everything I said, but what I'm trying to tell you is look at the timeline. They're fitted. This is a frame job. This is an episode of Law and Order. This is an episode of FBI. This is an FBI, uh, an episode of NCIS. I'm waiting on uh, any minute for Gibbs to jump out of the closet and 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 tell John Brennan we caught you. Well, that being said, Nita, my I, yeah, we had we had one thing that um, sorry, oh, but I damn. know that. Oh, I know that you and I talked about this on the Papadopoulos deal. We can go back again to Papadopoulos' book and um, and know that his main policy idea was the pipeline to cut out Turkey to run it through um, Cyprus and Greece. Right. Well, well, the Ukraine was, you know, part of that too, being cut out. And, That's correct. Um, and when what... Uh, what I think that you told me that the number, uh, the number one and number two customers of the Ukrainian energy is the UK and Australia, which That's is right. the which is the two intelligence agencies that absolutely grilled and tried to set up Papadopoulos. So those to pieces fit Donald too. Trump. Yeah, and and they all tie back to Biden. So again, it's the Democrat collusion with the uh, with the UK, Australia, and the Ukrainians to take down George Papadopoulos and take down the Trump cam- uh, campaign. Much more so than all Trump's doing is trying to expose corruption and help a newly ele- help a newly elected president of the Ukraine 
of not falling to the corruption and the new of the elected of Ukrainian presidents very welcoming of that because he wants to drain drain his own swamp. Now back to if McConnell takes it takes it to the um, takes it to the Senate floor for trial. I I think we can guarantee that the whistleblower is going to be exposed because that's the number one central piece of evidence of all of these all of these um allegations that are flying so so it's going to be hard to believe that the defense team whether it be the president's private defense team or whoever he chooses in the senate to represent him is I was not going to require that person being the whistleblower to testify now because they have the right to cross-examine. Yeah, and uh, when it's going to be hard to believe that the Republicans that that well that want to protect their guy isn't uh, that they're ever going to deny that what uh, that request. So again, they're going to take a true up and down 51 majority vote to make the whole proceeding public and not do it behind closed doors and um, not I would not make testimony secret and I don't see how how the Republicans wouldn't agree with that on a political level now now with that being said I want to go to um, theory number three well that's and what I was going to ask that you I, is do you think the what, Democrats what, even and, care anymore well well, well, I'm doing it out of order. I'm going to save that one uh, for last. But the third theory is that um, the House passes it, and this could be damaging to the Republicans um, as far as political theater goes. And I want you to talk to this, but Mitch McConnell could give the whole trial the Merrick Garland treatment and say, you know what? We only have to hold a trial if we see fit. We a Constitution says we're empowered to hold a trial, not that we're incumbent to hold a trial. So what if it passes the House and then the Articles of Impeachment get sent to the, uh, to, uh, to the Senate? What if Mitch McConnell, it, instead of just burning it all down, says, you know what, House Democrats? Go pound some sand. I'm not putting the president on trial. How would that play? Well, the 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 thing about it is is it, it well obviously it would play well to the um, the base of the Republicans, but honestly, I wouldn't think that would be the play that McConnell play that would he would do. Because it would it would literally just fit right into the hands of the Democrats. Because the Democrats, in turn, before an election even happens, can say, "Hey, listen, we sent this to the Senate, and Mitch McConnell would, would he would lose his seat." You got to understand the last so? two times. Oh, the last two times that McConnell has ran. Remember. I mean, if all, all it takes is for you to look back in history, remember McConnell, the last two sessions that he's even ran in in the last 12 years, he's, he's been in a close race until the last minute where he's pulled away. 
and yeah. and and basically the the most memorable one is Ashley Judd ran against him. Right. And so I mean I mean he he literally was in a fight for his life as the Senate Majority Leader uh, uh, until ba- basically the last few minutes. Do I think politically it would be a smart move if the House? Now I'm going to tell you something about Nancy Pelosi. And I, I'm again, I can't stand her. But as a person of politics, I respect her politics, and 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 I want to. God, I got to I got to phrase this right so America doesn't think I'm taking up for her. No, yeah, her savviness and how has, she, uh, yeah, how she maneuvers is exactly. Okay, so for if for anybody who's listened. Politics is what's wrong with this country. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said it best. A two-party system will end uh, end up killing this country. You and I, Needham, and everybody who's listening today, um, we may see that actually happen. We may see the Democratic and Republican Party basically implode itself before you and I, uh, lest the Lord comes... um, basically implodes itself. But if, if not, the reason I respect her is because she's politically, the, her calculations on, it's like playing a game of chess. Her calculations on when she moves the pawn and when she moves uh, her queen, the whole nine yards Nancy Pelosi is not an idiot. She's been serving in Congress for over 30 years. She's a shrewd operator. She's a very smooth operator. So here's what I would say. Even though she's about to turn 80 in just a few weeks, if I'm not mistaken, she's about to turn 80, I don't know that she would ever let it go to the Senate unless she knew in her heart that the Senate had the votes to impeach Trump. Well, yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah, we're, well, we're well, going to get to that. The reason I say that is you asked me, you asked me about uh, Nancy Pelosi on that is, aspect, and what, but what I'm getting at is I don't, I don't see her coming back from either recess, either this fall recess or the winter recess, the Christmas Thanksgiving recess, where they're gone longer. And everybody's got to understand too that and and uh, that every House member, including Nancy Pelosi, is elected. Uh, they're 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 in a they're in a they're in a race for a House member every even year. So basically, every two years. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi's not holding her position by and everybody's talking about term limits. Well, term. And, and Needham, you actually were the one who brought this to my attention because um, we were having this conversation off air the other day. But the, everybody in the House right now, including Adam Schiff, is up for re-election in 2020. Yeah, I mean, oh some God. districts if are safe and some di- – yeah. Wait, 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 wait. If all these crooked politicians are in the House, America, and, and, and 80% of them come from California, New York, or Maryland, uh, uh, you know, 
come on now, we've got to start looking at what's in front of our face instead of listening instead of listening uh, uh, what we're seeing with our eyes closed. America is at a joint place right now. And so for Nancy Pelosi to put this to a vote, Needham, I'm almost positive. She's not going to make herself look stupid. That would be her legacy. 30 years in office, and all of a sudden she brings this to a vote, and it doesn't happen. You know what the last Speaker of the House went through when Clinton went through that? Let me me ask you this question, and we're going to have a moment of silence. Uh, Does anybody remember the Speaker of the House that impeached Bill Clinton? It was Newt, wasn't it? Was it Newt Gingrich? I'm just asking. Yeah, it's Newt Gingrich. What happened to him? He's writing books, and he's a commentator every now and then. Sure. But people forget about all the crap that he went through as a House Speaker. He impeached a president for the same crap that he was doing. And I'm a I'm a fan of Newt Gingrich and his books, and I'm glad he's found you know he you know he's he's found the Lord and he's he's writing all these. Him and his wife are doing great work. I'm not here to condemn Newt Gingrich. Please understand what I'm saying. All I'm trying to tell you is politically. Nancy Pelosi knows what it will cost her whether she brings it to the floor or not. And with that, I yield back to you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, um, I totally she's agree with stupid, that. Now, I wanna, she's not stupid. Yeah. Um, now, I want to go over with that and, and Nancy, with Nancy Pelosi not, with not being stupid. I want to go over theory number four, and then we're going to bring it to the big finish with, um, the, with the big one that I actually believe and that I actually give the most credence to knowing our political environment. But theory number four is that they're doing all of this. They don't necessarily, and we can tie this back to theory number one, that they don't necessarily actually intend to take a vote. They don't intend to follow through on anything but they're wanting to bring it out in the public eye, meaning the Democrats, so Joe Biden will get investigated and run him out of the race and open the door for a more left-leaning person to get the, get the nomination. Because let's face it, Joe Biden, he is not – I'm more well-spoken than Joe Biden, and – I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, so Joe Biden's not very, very well respected right now, anyways. Well, he doesn't pull a lot of weight with the base. He's not well spoken, and he's an old white guy. And That's his right. only claim to fame was that he was Barack Obama's vice president. So, so I think. And when I can lend some, you know, credence to this and, and, lend, and lend some validity to it, that I think the Democrats might be doing some political positioning here to try to get Biden 
investigated to where he'll have to drop out of the race. Adam, what do you say? You know what? This it's on a political uh, from a political standpoint, and this is just me. You know, <laughs> there's some conspiracy at play there. There, there, this is just me hyperventilating. But if if I was, let's say, if I was, um, okay, let me let me frame it. Let me frame it like this: You are absolutely onto something there. But that would mean that the Democrats are conceding 2020 to Trump because everybody knows. Even Democratic stock market holders, I'm talking big-time people that have came out in, on, on Wall Street and have said if Elizabeth Warren is the nominee, which George Papadopoulos and myself and several other, other political analysts uh, or advisors uh, that have done something in their life to advise a candidate in any way have basically said that Elizabeth Warren's going to be the nominee no matter if Joe drops out or not. All this information that's coming out is doing nothing but hurt Joe. That's why I give credence to your argument there or your theory. But here's what I will tell you. If Joe survives this, somehow, I mean, my God, we remember we heard all the audio recordings of Trump and we heard all the Stormy Daniels stories and uh, Michael Avenetti's and I mean, there were, they were throwing missiles and bombs at Trump. That's what's made him so strong. Now, when you talk about Joe Biden and you talk about, well, the Democrats are trying to basically – what you're basically saying to me and the listener is there may be a theory out there that instead of making it look like the Democrats are asking him to leave the race, which they should, and he should go to prison because as a sitting vice president, he admittedly, a sitting vice president – he committed the very thing that Adam Schiff and all the Democrats in the House are accusing Trump of doing. And he, he admitted it on video. I mean, my God, that's, I don't even understand. I mean, that's like doing a deposition on somebody that's, commit, that's a serial killer, and they bring them in and put them on video, and the guy goes, yeah, I killed, well, here, 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 and here, and the bodies are laid there, 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 and there. Uh, and, well, son of a bitch, I mean, that, that's just the way it happened. And, my God, we just we got it right. That's what well, but he's did. Yeah, I mean, he, he has become a liability now because that's all of I'm his saying. gas. So now do, well, now of, do as a Democratic Party, if they're – now this all goes back to your theory of impeaching Trump or bringing it to a House vote. Now listen to what i got to say, Needham, because this is where our, our listener – will literally be able to tie one and two together. Are the Democrats ready? Now think about this. None of this Ukraine stuff was even brought up until the video surfaced one week before. Now, Needham, am I crazy? 
The video surfaced one week before the Adam Schiff hearings where Joe Biden was sitting at the Foreign Council uh, um, show, and he on video basically said, I committed quid pro quo, which is Latin for pay to play. Well, the funny thing is, is that the New York whoa, 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 Times whoa, whoa. actually... But listen, but here's, my, here's my point, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but isn't it funny after the front runner, so-called, quote-unquote, so to speak, comes out and says he basically jacked up uh, Ukraine for his son and, and basically got the, fi- the prosecutor fired that Adam Schiff and the House Intelligence Committee launched hearings and put a... Department of National Intelligence director in front of their committee that wasn't even confirmed on August 12th when the whistleblower's complaint went to Adam Schiff, Democrat from California. Well, all of this is politically expedient now. What's my point is that your theory there makes more sense to me than anything that you've said because I think the Democrats are anything but ready to concede unless they can find a few votes here and there to impeach Trump. I think they're ready to concede 2020 that everything is about 2024. Well, but they can't politically. Twenty twenty four. Listen, if it's about twenty twenty four, then the theory of getting Biden now the race, Needham. I'm going to tell you right now, as a political person, I'm if Elizabeth Warren is the nominee, Trump will win by a record that has never been seen before. And I'm not saying that that. out of concedeness, and I'm not saying that out of concedeness. I'm telling you, Elizabeth Warren cannot and will not relate to anybody in the Southeast, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Mississippi. Uh, there's a thou- I mean, I mean, I'm just telling you right now, Elizabeth Warren would die on her own mountaintop of political correctness. Joe Biden is the only one that literally holds a threat. Politically, I'm not talking about, you know, who holds the poll numbers right now, but politically, sure. Joe, why do you think Donald Trump is talking about him? All he's he don't even talk about Elizabeth Warren. He don't even talk about Bernie Sanders. He knows America's not ready to vote a socialist or communist into presidency. He, I mean, we're not stupid. The only person that can bring the party together and not be socialist or communist is Joe Biden, and that dude is putting his left shoe on his right foot. So, yes, yeah. this argument here, this theory, I could see that. Yeah, he's definitely become a liability. And, and Biden, to his credit, he's been, he's been a strong warrior. He's been a strong you know, soldier. For, for the Democrat Party for 40 years now. But the but problem is, is that he's... But there is crap that's coming uh, out now that... Well, that, 
Well, know, well yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the New York Times actually reported on the Ukraine deal when it actually happened. But it wasn't, but it wasn't politically expedient, correct. excuse me, to, um, to really pick up that story in the mainstream. I mean, I think the New York Times reported it, a couple of other outlets did it, but it was, you know, back on page, you know, 4D or whatever. Sure. When that kind of deal. But now, yeah, but now Biden is. Uh, I was outwardly touting these types of things of his political power, and he's actually telling the truth. Now you know, well, you know from working with political campaigns, the last thing you want your political candidate to do is tell the damn truth. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, you just in a political campaign, you can't tell the truth. If you do, it's just bad news for everyone. So now. Joe Biden has told the truth on what he's actually done, and he's become a liability because now the Democrats are saying, well, what other bodies are he, was he going to uncover in the next 6 to 12 months on the campaign trail? We have to get rid of them now. What's the way to where we can get old Joe to ride off in the sunset without actually publicly asking him to? It's That's the perfect correct. cover. It's the perfect Absolutely. cover. Absolutely. That's exactly what I would do. I would I, I literally if I was in a primary race with a Republican and there was another Republican running against my primary contender which would be my candidate and I was his advisor, I would the, the first thing I would do was find the deepest darkest thing I could find until the very I would say the last one th- and in America I'm just telling you the truth. This is how political campaigns work and if you don't think that it, it, I'm telling you, I've done this six times. So two-thirds th- two through the way of an election, basically what I would find, I, I would find this early in the campaign, in the primary season. I would find the deepest, darkest thing that I could find on a certain candidate. And two-thirds through that campaign, I if we were having a close call or if we were losing by just a few points in internal polls. Now, America, what you've got to understand is you've got to understand the difference between external polls and in, internal polls. Internal polls literally tell you more of a story than external polls. Remember this, George Bush, when he was running for second term, the exit polls – had him down nearly three points against John Kerry. What happened? Landslide victory, 2004, right? Okay. What happened in 2012? Mitt Romney, there was a split decision, exit polls coming out. He ended up losing by significant points. And the only reason he lost by significant points is because Obama won Ohio and Florida. Those two, you lose those two states, you're done. But Romney won everything else he was supposed to. He just flubbed up on his last debate. But I think America caught on to Romney, the American public, and said we would rather deal with Obama for the next four years 
and finally get somebody, and it's like God just struck lightning right down on Trump Tower in New York. Somebody who is just so absolutely out of the mainstream. But like I said, two-thirds through the way of an election, I would go to that other candidate's advisor, and I would show them, not let them take it, but show them exactly what I was, if I had to, would release to the public. This is how politics work. Yeah. I would show and them the problem what I had is... to release to the public. Now listen, and how they responded, and usually the response to me was, I'll get back in touch with you within 12 hours or 24 hours. 24 hours later, either we had a concession speech or they would say, we're going to take our chances. Now, this is what, now, I want you to understand what I just said. Now, I just said, and I am no, you know, I don't want anybody in America to think that I'm some great political I just have followed politics for a long time in six campaigns I've been in. I've been an advisor, sometimes in a senior role, sometimes in a minority role. But in those roles, I did my job, and I did it well. Am I proud of some of it? Uh, that can be questioned. Am I proud of my record of being 6-0? and Yes, I am. But let me tell you something that you just heard out of my mouth that brings me back to this subject. I would go to the primary opponent, and I would basically have an envelope or a, or a book that said exactly what we had um, on, their, on our opponent. They would have a decision to make. Now, this same decision was made in the year 2008 when Barack Obama ran for president. And he was trying to figure out who was going to be his vice president. You remember this, Needham? Mm-hmm. And the gaffes of Joe Biden started on the very first day that he was announced he was vice president. Do you remember what he said? He called, him, he called him President Obama before he ever even, he even went through a single state. Right. Okay, but here's something that was reported this last week, and it's on record, that when the Obama campaign wanted to run a background check on Biden's family – this was reported out of all people by Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, a very liberal, liberal commentator. Biden told Obama, and I quote, when asked about Hunter Biden, leave my effing family out of this. Yeah. Anybody can find this on Twitter or Meet the Press or uh, with Chuck Todd. You can find it. This was back in 2008. So for eight 
Now, 12 years, all of this has been swept under the carpet with Joe Biden. And that's my point, Needham, is when you look at it as a, uh, as a political point, is yes, if I wanted Biden out, I would go to his campaign. But here's the thing. The guy doesn't know right now. And come on, America. I'm not, I'm not demeaning a man for my grandfather passed away with dementia. I was the only one that he knew, my mom's dad. As a matter of fact, I had to drive almost three hours. All the family were in the room with him. He didn't know anybody. He wasn't responding to nobody. But three hours later, all the grandkids were there. I'm the eldest grandchild. I spent the most time with him. And I went and I grabbed a hold of his hand. He knew who I was, and five minutes to ten minutes later, he took his last breath. So I know how bad it is. And yes, we make fun of Biden for the gaffes, and yes, we we you know dig at him politically for saying things that he probably well he, he definitely shouldn't. And somebody on his campaign, in my opinion, should stop him. But we're not making fun of him as an individual because I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, you're a human being. Unless you're John Brennan, Joe or James Clapper. Uh, uh, Comey, or if you're uh, Andrew McCabe, in my book, you're a human being. Now, we may go face-to-face and toe-to-toe politically, but unless you're those individuals or Susan Rice, uh, you know, I am going to caution on the side of illness. Needham, he's ill, and everybody knows it. So this theory of yours... And, and, you, and I could even add to this theory for you by saying they're bringing all of this up before a two-week recess. And it's to you. You think that when they come back from recess, they would have had a talk with Biden and said, hey, you've you got to be out by Thanksgiving? I'm going to be honest with you. I think if Joe Biden – if I, I, I predicted on this show – not too, not not not, but a few shows ago, I think Joe Biden is out of the race before the tenth of January. I think Joe Biden is out of the race after the, either right before or right after the the Iowa caucus. I think Joe Biden is gone. Yeah, I think I gave him to Super Tuesday, but with all of this stuff and with this new December theory, thirty first. I want to say December thirty yeah. first. Just he might a lot be of gone by the buddies that are in the national campaign. They're telling they're te- they're telling me over the phone, and I, and obviously I'm not going to mention their names. But there's a lot of people that are telling me that are in the national scene uh, that know me very well that have have basically said Biden will be gone by Christmas, and I've heard that out of the majority. Well, that's what I was about to say. By the winter break, he might yeah. With all this new stuff, he's. He's probably going to be gone, and I mean, I went, and that's the perfect, that's the perfect segue to to the last theory, and it's the scariest theory, it's the most damning theory, and it's one that I can see, it's one that I can you know, um, see playing out with some of the 
you know, nefarious statements being made through the, through the media if you read between the lines a, li- a, a little bit. Because, see, the Democrats just don't care. If, if they don't like you, they're going to take care of you. And by taking care of you, I don't mean give you money and make sure you're fed and all that. I mean they're going to take care of you. They're going to dig a hole, and they're going to tell you to crawl in it. Mm-hmm. They're going to get you out no matter how how much political clout it's going to cost them, no matter how many favors it costs them. And I'm telling you, I hope theory number one comes true, that they never take it to a boat, that it's all just dog and pony show, and I hope that theory number four, getting biting out of the race, I hope that ties together. But if you take all four of those theories as a body of work and take a little bit of piece of all of them, you come up with the fifth theory. And that's, if it goes to the vote on the House floor, you can kiss your president goodbye. He's gone. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If it goes to the floor in the House, President Trump will be impeached. Like you said earlier, like we've said many, many times on this program, Nancy Pelosi's not stupid. She is not going to take it to a House vote unless if she knows that it's going to be convicted in the Senate and she knows she has the vote. Just this week, you had uh, you had several pundits, um, Jeff Flake, um, the former representative, he said if it was done by a secret vote, that 30 to 35 Republicans would vote to impeach him. Now, we can go back and talk about theory number two of of McConnell on a simple up-and-down vote can change the rules to whatever he wants to. I don't trust Mitch McConnell. He's a partisan hack. I've called him a partisan hack on this very program, tonight, today, whatever. And sometimes it works for you, sometimes it works against you. But he necessarily, he was almost an ever-Trumper before he was a forever-Trumper. That's right. So none of these people... So basically what I'm saying is that with a simple up and down vote, they can change the rules and do it by secret ballot. As long as the majority will vote on it, they can vote to have it secret ballot. You don't think that Mitt Romney will bring that, uh, bring that motion to the floor? And you don't think um, one of the other senators that – or an independent senator – or whatever that's in a Democrat of a district is not going to immediately second the motion, and then they have to take it to a vote? And then if they take it to a vote by secret ballot, it's over. And this is why, because, because these that, people, we've, 
we, we've seen all this play out, that Trump is taking down the establishment, not necessarily taking down the establishment, but he's exposing the, uh, the establishment. Let me give you a quote by Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, draining the swamp. Um, uh, Nancy Pelosi was talking to the Texas Tribune CEO, Evan Smith, um, well, here recently, and he asked her, he said, hey, I want to ask you, Speaker, heading into the next election cycle, do you have any anxiety at all about anything we're talking about or anything we're not talking about impacting your ability to hold control of the House in 2020? And she said it doesn't matter. And he asked her again, well, he, well, he repeated that and said, it doesn't matter. And she's like, no, it doesn't matter. Our first responsibility is to protect and defend the Constitution. See, the Democrats, they don't care anymore. You know, Joe Biden's told the truth about his Ukrainian deals. Beto is telling the truth about what he's going to do to your guns. John Brennan is tweeting the truth. Chuck Schumer, before Donald Trump even got sworn in, said if you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. Is that not what we're seeing right now play out? They don't care anymore. Democrats, especially, and half of the Republicans, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, all of these, you know, other Republicans, they don't want to lose their power, and they're not willing to go along with a populist America First movement. That's not their plan. How many times did Mitch McConnell tell you that he was going to stop Obamacare? And what was his success rate? Not very good. How many times did he say that he was going to stop Obama on the budget, that he was willing to shut the government down? He didn't do it. So I think, and this is why we tell you, you this is why we tell you food, water, shelter, means of self-defense, Clean your rifle. Get prepared to possibly use it for self-defense. Get the supplies. Know how to use them. Because it's coming. We joke about it. Cannot beat, must impeach. But I'm telling you, if it's not this time, it's next time. And if it's not the next time, it'll be the next. They, there has been a three-year running coup against this president for three solid years. They do not care. America, you are a serf. You are a peasant in the eyes of every elected official, all 435 of them. Jim Jordan, maybe not. There, oh, there, might be, oh, there might be two hands full. There might be two hands full up there who actually care about you. But look at Trey Gowdy. He's turncoated you since he's, since, he's, um, well, since he's retired. 
he when he come out and say that he's willing to have his second Second Amendment rights trampled on to stop mass shootings. So, I mean, you put all of this body of work together and put it into one deal, I think, and I'll go on record in saying it, I might be a fool, and I hope I'm wrong, and I'll gladly say that I'm wrong when proven wrong. But if it passes the House, your president's gone. And when your president's gone, Mike Pence, I like you, but he ain't Donald Trump. He ain't the fighter Donald Trump is. And everybody wants to say, oh, if they impeach Trump, you know, the Republicans will win in a landslide come 2020. With who? With who? Because at that point, it doesn't matter if you get a 100-seat flip in the House. Donald Trump's gone. Donald Trump literally, and I don't mean to sound partisan here, but when you really get down to brass tacks, Donald Trump is the last line of defense in this country. The only thing that stands between you and outright socialism, communism, social justice warrior, whatever you want to call it, is Donald J. Trump. That's a fact. I don't care yes. what what side of the line you're on. Democrats know it. That's why they're hell bent on trying to get rid of them. That's right. The Democrat, uh, but the Democrats know it. That's why they tried to frame George Papadopoulos. No, but that's why that uh, with that if um, uh, with that if Trump said the sky was blue, the Democrats say it wasn't. That uh, would uh, they try to say it's treason. It's time after time after time the Democrats are projecting their own crimes onto the president. And as soon as they get rid of the president, their crimes are forever hidden. And they can do whatever the hell they want to, just like they've done for the last 40 years. And if he wins re-election, and it doesn't matter if it's the man's last last day in office, they will hold an impeachment vote just to say they <laughs> impeached Donald Trump. And that's and that's the scariest theory. That's the scariest theory of it all because you can't tell me right now that Mitt Romney is not working his his little slick back black hair ass, you know, to yeah. the bone. Trying to get these votes on record. Reed. Yeah, I mean, you you can't tell me that um, some of these senators from uh, from Maine and you know Alaska and stuff yeah. that never vote uh, that never vote the Republican line, and if they can get a secret vote, they'll do it, and it'll be eighty to twenty vote for conviction. If they get it, if, if they get if they get it to the Senate and get it to a secret vote, I'm telling you, it's over. Because there is not one thing, there is not one rational person that can look at the headlines and see what's being said, see the vitriol out there, and saying that this is not 
escalating at a breakneck pace. And it's getting to the point to where there'll be so much gridlock, so many committee hearings, so many whatever you want to call it, to where it's not going to matter if Donald J. Trump wins 50 states and Puerto Rico in the election coming in 2020. They're going to tie it up to where he can't do anything because they know 2024 is waiting in the wings. We, we, we realistically can't name one Republican waiting in the wings that's going to do what Donald Trump has done and is doing and can legitimately win in 2024. Unless if they put Donald, Donald Trump as vice president for another eight years, and then you got a shot. I just don't think they care anymore, Adam. I think well, I think they've outwardly said that they don't care anymore. I think if you look at it as a total body of work and and the games and circus and dog and pony show that politics is and how they all like to outmaneuver one another, but D or R, except for a very, very few of them, I don't think any of them play on Team America. What do you say about this final and last theory that we're talking about tonight? Well, I um, I think you're 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 half right there. I think um, there are a lot of Democrats out there, like AOC plus three. Um, a lot of like uh, Ellen Omar and Rashida Tlaib, they don't care. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. Now, you have to remember in the House, like you and I talked about off air, they they're elected every even year, which means every two years. So they have they have to go through a process every every two years, and that's why everybody's so thinking that the House is going to swing. Some are saying 50, 50 votes. Some are even saying as high as 100 votes. If the House votes to impeach Trump, that the House could swing uh, 100 votes and the Senate could gain a, a little bit more of the majority, even if Trump is impeached. Now, let me just back up for a second. Right. I want to I talk about a, 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 a few things that you said. Yes. Do I think that there are some Democrats out there that don't care? Absolutely. Do I think that it's a big percentage? Yes, I do. I think there's probably 40 to 45% of Democrats out there that we would call nowadays, like AOC, a millennial. Okay? They are just old enough to run for Congress. And they could care less because what they're going to end up doing is writing a book or riding off in the sun, a sunset and getting rich. Now, AOC and Rashida Tlaib have very – and even Ellen Omar have very serious contenders coming up in 2020, very serious contenders. As a matter of fact, I'm predicting right now on this program that AOC will lose her reelection seat. 
I'm predicting it right now. Now, I don't have any yeah, insight into the, camp, into the campaign. Now, when I say re-election seat, I'm not telling you that it's going to go Republican with AOC. But what I am telling you is that AOC, as a Democrat, I think loses her primary. And no pun intended, primarily because she screwed the Bronx out of hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of hundreds of thousands of jobs, millions of dollars uh, worth of Amazon coming, and Amazon even posted a freaking flyer or a banner in Times Square saying, we're not coming to the Bronx or New York, thank you, AOC. That's got to hurt. Plus, everything she said. Now, that has nothing to do with the current situation. I just wanted to throw that in there. This all got started, Needham, under a false narrative three years ago with Russia. And Russia helping Donald Trump win a campaign in 2016 that he honestly won with 63 million plus votes, and Hillary Clinton was just on CBS News talking about the 64 plus million votes that she won, and um, but if everybody looks back at the the early 90s campaign, if there was not an electoral vote, Bill Clinton would have never become president of the United States of America. There's a reason why we have the Electoral College, and that's because we have some states that have ginormous cities like New York City, San Francisco, L.A., Oakland, San Diego, Dallas, and that's the reason why we have an Electoral College to where the states decide – after the vote in their state on whom to vote for for president, and it's been adhered to for hundreds of years. But if you look at what's going on right now with this Joe Biden situation, they are trying to impeach a president that they say held a phone call with the president of Ukraine over investigating corruption by an American citizen that just so happens to be running for President of the United States. Now, I don't know about you, America, but if somebody that was running for the United States presidency was committing treason and or quid pro quo, I would want to know about it as an American citizen. And if you read the damn transcript and not listen to Adam Schiff's version of what he wanted the media to say the transcript read, like we talked about in the last uh, podcast, then you would realize there was no quid pro quo here, or quote-unquote Latin terms, pay to play. There was none of that. He just simply asked the Ukrainian president to get with his attorney general, who is currently in Italy, 
to investigate what's his constituents, me being one of them. I'm a constituent of President Donald Trump. I voted for him once, and I'm going to vote for him again. If there is some sort of quid pro quo, or if there is some sort of conspiracy going on with a deep state, damn it, as an American, I want to know because I want the crap to stop. I'm sick of politics as it is. So here's what the Democrats do. Nobody's talking about this, mainstream media, the fake news. In 2018, three Democratic senators sent an op or an official letter to the Ukrainian new government. Now, remember when we talked about just a while ago, an hour or so ago, that that President Donald Trump had congratulated the new Ukrainian president on his uh, his winning the presidency, and he ran on an anti-corruption campaign, and he modeled it. He modeled it after the President Trump's campaign in 2016. Remember that, Needham? Sure. We just we just talked about it a minute ago. So here's what happens in 2018 when. Uh, Zelensky gets elected actually in, 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 in late 2017 three Democratic senators send an official letter to the president of Ukraine Zelensky asking them to investigate Donald Trump yeah this is on record now you don't call that pay for play for Democrats if you're a Democrat listening and I know there's a bunch of them because I get your emails and I get your uh, Twitter messages telling me how crazy I am. Do you don't call that paper play? That's okay. Let's just mark that one out. What about uh, all the allegations in the State Department during the Obama administration in the first four years for Hillary Clinton and the Hillary Clinton or the uh, Clinton Foundation? pay to play that has been proven fact that Hillary Clinton as state as Secretary of State in order for you to even reserve a meeting with her you had to pay money or donate money to the Clinton Foundation in order to secure a meeting with the Secretary of State but Adam what about Joe Adam, Biden th- wait a minute whoa, whoa, whoa what about Joe Biden on camera saying if you want the billion dollars, you've got to fire the part prosecutor. That's pay to play. What about Obama? How much money, Needham? And I don't want to hear anything but this answer. How much money did we give uh, Iran on pallets of cash? Just tell me the number, Needham. That's all I want to hear. Oh, I don't know. It was millions and billions. 150 fucking million dollars. But none of that matters. President Obama, pay to play. Hillary Clinton, pay to play. But none of that matters. Joe Biden, pay to play. It does matter. Let me tell you why. No. No, it doesn't. Let me tell you why. Because we're not doing a damn thing about it. I know that, but that's what I'm – if you would – you're right. That's what America needs to hear, number one. But secondly is 
This is why this investigation and this impeachment, your theories are going to be your theories are standing up on their own two feet, but at the same time, they're standing up their own two feet without shoes. And let me, let me explain to you why. If this never comes to a house vote, then the play to play from Obama to Iran comes into play, right? The pay to play from Biden to the Ukraine for his son Hunter comes and by the way where is hunter nobody's heard a word out of him nobody's even seen a picture of him they must have him hiding uh in guantanamo bay somewhere i don't know where he might be at but nobody's ever heard from hunter biting since this shit is even started and i'm not saying that he's not somewhere with a line of cocaine that you could snort with a water hose but what i'm trying to tell you is that nobody has ever even heard a word from him as a matter of fact kamala harris just did an interview yesterday with the media as a prosecutor. She should be ashamed of herself. Here's her exact quote. We need to leave Joe Biden alone. Let me tell you something. When you run for president of the United States of America, of which the republic that me and you and Needham stand for and we fight for every single day, whether it be in our houses, whether it be in our churches, whether it be in our hospitals, whether it be in our police departments, whether it be in our intelligence communities, if you stand for this country, we have a right to know where the hell Hunter Biden is and what he's got to say for all this video evidence that's came out with his father. And Kamala Harris should be, who's running for president, by the way, Senator Kamala Harris, should be ashamed of herself for saying, leave, and I quote, leave Joe Biden alone. This is the same woman that tried to take down Justice Kavanaugh on a false report. If we're going to say pay to play in this country is illegal, then the Democrats who are in the majority of the House need to look at Obama and Iran, need to look at Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. And I will say this. This last week, the Democrats came up with a new alternative, saying that these conversations were held on a secret uh, server, secret server in the White House, because that server, although made public to the presidential library, that server is used for national security matters only. Well, what the hell do you think this is? And if you want to start talking about computer servers, you might want to ask Miss Hillary Rodham Clinton about computer servers. Susan Rice, just this week, Obama's former national security advisor and then uh, uh, um, advisor to the U.N. said that President Obama's campaign held several conversations with foreign leaders that went on those security servers. So there's nothing strange about any of this. The bottom line is that Adam Schiff is trying to do everything he can from California, 
he is trying to do everything he can to destroy the presidency and impeach Donald Trump. That's why I'm going to tell you right now, as you are listening to me, I want you to get on your cell phone. I don't give a shit if it's midnight and you're listening to this, or if it's 1 o'clock in the morning, or if it's 5 o'clock in the morning, or if it's 12 o'clock at noon. I want you to get on your phone and dial 202-225-4176. That is the direct office line to Representative Adam Schiff in Washington, D.C., if you don't get anybody on the phone, leave a message and let them know how displeasured you are in what is going on and the treatment that he has given quid pro quo or pay to play to Donald Trump that he's not given to Joe Biden, that he's not given to Hillary Clinton, that he's not given to President, former President Obama with Iran. Listen to me. Nancy Pelosi is stuck. But damn it, America needs to know who this whistleblower is. Who wrote the report for this whistleblower? Because we all know this was written by an attorney. We need to know. Everybody's talking about Rudy Giuliani. If Rudy Giuliani is your biggest fear, then you've got something... uh, seriously wrong with your head. The narrative is changing day by day because the Democrats know, just like Russia, Needham, this is an absolute witch hunt. Call Adam Schiff. And that's, I mean, that's a great rant. I and mean, that's a great rant. The problem is, is none of it matters because we haven't done anything about it, nor does it look like we are going to do anything about it. Because that's what people don't understand is that if he does get impeached and it does pass the Senate, it's over. The country as we know it, it's over. And what I really want people to understand and really understand when I say this is right now, and there's several historical you know, references that we can go through. We're not going to go through them on this podcast. Maybe we'll do another one about it. But right now, you are in and have been for probably a couple of years, maybe even a decade. You are in the first stages of a civil war. You are in a cold civil war right now. And you can look at the first civil war that we fought. All of this stuff that we're seeing right now happened back then, too. The Just the strong partisanship and, you know, one party out to get another and, you know, one party having one set of values and the other having another set of values and the other party wanting to tell the other on how they got to live and this, that, and the other. And the scariest thing that can happen right now is it actually go to a vote on the House floor because – I think we both agree that Pelosi's not going to do it unless she knows that it's going to be convicted in the Senate. And we can see all through the media these one-liner quotes. They seem, they seem you know, um, 
not a big deal, iniquitous, or whatever you want to call it. But when you actually read the quote word for word and understand who it's coming from, they're already telling you. And we can see it coalesce against Trump all across the media, people that you otherwise wouldn't wouldn't come out and say stuff like they are. And if you read between the lines, they're saying, yeah, he's all but gone. Alexander from Tennessee, he'll flip. Blunt from Missouri, he'll flip. Burr from North Carolina, that's a swing state. He'll probably flip. Um, Let's go on down the list. Collins from Maine, you know she's going to flip. Exactly. Um, oh, the Arkansas Alaska, people are flipping. Um, Wyoming's Ernest from Iowa, who knows? I don't know much about Ernest. Um, Colorado's got well, I've got one. one. Of the I mean, Colorado. I wanted to challenge you on, one of the things I wanted to challenge you on is, and I have read this, unless the Senate changes the rules, which I don't think McConnell would do this because – that would mean that Republicans don't care either. I mean, King and I'm, from not Maine. Ready, I'm not ready to go. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. When the Senate votes to impeach, those names have to be on record as I or nay. That's the way the Constitution reads right now of impeachment. Now, if they put an amendment to where there's a quote-unquote secret – everybody's talking about this quote-unquote secret ballot. Right now, it does not exist. It does not exist. They, they wouldn't be talking about exist. it unless – It does but not it, it, exist. It doesn't matter if it exists or not. The Senate can do whatever the hell they want to with an up-and-down vote. That's right. That means they have to put the vote in front of America – that they want a secret ballot. That means that America would at least know that there is a secret ballot. You're no, right. because you rule, do what no, no, because Rule 20 provides that the Senate door can be closed and all testimony be taken in secret, which means the whole thing can be taken in secret. They can do whatever not they want to. Not under impeachment what, of the president. Not under no, impeachment of no, the president. No, they can do whatever they want to. And, and if you got 30 that'll flip, you only need 19. But if you got Correct. 30 that'll flip, it, anything, anything could pass. I mean, that's the thing with, with impeachment trials is that, is that the Senate has the power via the Constitution to change whatever rules they want to. It just depends on how much you trust Mitch McConnell when the chips are on the table. I'm not well, saying it's going to happen. With, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I am saying that it is a possibility. And Nancy Pelosi, like you said, is not going to put her legacy and her entire body of work over the last 30, 40 years at risk on something that she knows is not a shoe-in. They've been virtue signaling it. They've been virtue uh, uh, um, uh, signaling it since 
Since 2000, well, since the campaign, Chuck Schumer right. talking about the intelligence agency, Nancy Pelosi now saying that it doesn't matter. That, John you know, losing all this crazy crap. He's yeah, to yeah, I mean, losing his, his actual losing, security clearance has been yanked. Yeah, I mean, uh, when Nancy Pelosi says losing seats doesn't matter anymore. I mean, they want one thing and one thing only, and that is Donald Trump out of the White House. Whatever they have to do to make that happen, they will pick up the pieces later. Nancy Pelosi, in the same interview, I think, as she said, it didn't matter if she lost seats. There's another article she's already talking about, something that we've talked about a month ago, and that's getting Texas to turn blue. She's picked up that narrative because she knows it's going to happen. Right. She knows their stance on illegal immigration is going to happen. I agree with that 100%. And if they can get Donald Trump out of the White House, I've said it since the man's elected, he will not serve eight years. Whether he wins re-election or not, he will not serve his two terms. That's, that's the crazy people that you're dealing about. I'm not trying to do wish porn. I'm looking at the reality of the country we live in. They wake up hating Donald Trump. They go to bed hating Donald Trump. It wouldn't matter if he cured cancer. The headline tomorrow would be Donald Trump puts oncology out of business. Oh, my God. You're right. I can't argue I mean, that. I, cannot I mean, that's that. who you're dealing with. And I'm telling you, it's a theory that I've held for a long time. D-R-I. Red or blue, they all play for the same team, America, and it's not you. What they're doing is they're not trying to impeach Donald Trump. That's the catalyst. That's the, that's the token. What they're doing is they're impeaching you, America. They are impeaching your vote. They are impeaching your values. They are impeaching your way of life. And I want to know what the hell you're going to do about it. Because I haven't seen nothing yet. All these people want to sit up and they're... In their, in their dead gum ivory towers in a damn Senate hearing committee, and they don't ever do anything. No one's gone to jail yet. No one's been prosecuted. Nothing. I'm sick of it. It's time for action. And if the Democrats don't care what the action is, by George, I'm getting to the point to where I don't care what it is either. If they want to play that game, they can kick all this shit off. But as soon as they do, they're going to regret it. America, you're stronger than this. You're better than this. Do not give another inch. Do not let them take your country from you. 
Because right now you're sitting on the damn couch waiting for it to happen. You've got to do something. You've got to do something now. Or in, or by the time 2020 rolls around, there might not be anything left to do. And I firmly believe that. You have to open your eyes. I'm not giving you fear porn. I'm not giving you just radical rants. Look at what they're saying. Take them at their word. They're telling you the truth. And they don't even care that they're telling you the truth anymore. They used to lie to you to get votes. Now they're telling you the truth to get votes. Wow. It's coming to a head. And when this thing finally pops... I don't care what political party that uh, that you're affiliated with. You're going to pick a side, and you're going to have to take action, and a lot of people ain't going to like the action that's going to have to be taken. You can take that for whatever you want it to make it. But it's coming, and if you, and if you ever paid, paid attention in history and you see the world sphere of what it actually is on what other countries have gone through, you can see what's coming. It, it ain't pretty. Donald Trump can't be president forever. These sons of bitches, these crazies, they're going to get power sooner or later, and they're going to do it by any means necessary. They're showing it to you now. What do you think they're going to do when they actually get power? They're going to wield that power like the hammer of Thor, and there ain't going to be shit you can do about it. See, you done got me cussing and ranting. But I'm <laughs> telling just, you. I was sitting here thinking, I, I was just but, here thinking as a political campaign advisor, if you ever wanted to run for office, I could be your campaigner. You would, you but would I'm telling you the truth, though. But I'm telling you the You're truth, right. though. Yes, you're right. Everything you're saying, Needham, is absolutely 100% correct. That's why we told you from the beginning of this podcast, we are at war. America, we are at war with one another. It's a cold war between left and right. It's a cold war between right and wrong. This has nothing to do with race. Although the Democrats would like to make it about race, they would like to make it about inequality when they can't argue that point anymore because Donald Trump has reversed that in the economy. So what they want they can't to argue any point to, anymore. That's right. There's no viewpoint. There is no there is no adamant in a political atmosphere that they will not touch to try to gain your vote and, most importantly, for them to gain power in key positions. You know what? Tonight was a tough program, but it was probably one of our most important until probably tomorrow. <laughs> oh, and I laugh at that because what can you do? But, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is you hear how passionate – me and Needham are here on Freedom to Classified, and we want you to join the conversation after the show on our, our brand spanking new, less than two weeks old Facebook page. 
at www.facebook.com forward slash freedom declassified, all lowercase. Go there, hit the like button, and become a part of the conversation. We're posting there on a daily basis. And we've got some monster news coming, probably by the next podcast. But here's what I want every listener who believes in what me and Needham is saying. That this impeachment is a bunch of crock. It's junk. should never happen. I want you to call Adam Schiff in Washington, D.C. at 202-225-4176. Again, Representative Adam Schiff, Chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, 202-225-4176. My father once told me this. How can anybody know what you stand for? If you don't stand up and say it, with that being said, you have been declassified. hell are you talking about it's about the constitution i absolutely have no idea what you just said listen to what i'm saying they want everything walk away man no no 